Uh, hello, welcome to our podcast. Uh, it is January 31st. Today, I'm joined by my good friend, Justin. How you doing, Hi there. Buddy? Oh, I'm, I'm doing good. How about you? I'm cold. I'm, I'm even inside. Just looking outside makes me just quake with agony. It is quite frigid here as well. I yeah, actually but... have an interesting uh, a- anecdote about that. All right, shoot. I'm ready. I'm, one second. Let me relax. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay. Get, get comfy. So here, here in the Great Mitten State, we had a natural gas plant catch on fire the other day. And it is so As cold you do. with this Arctic vortex coming down that um, they've asked people to turn their heat from like the mid seventies as, as most people have in the wintertime down to 65. And I've never seen a group of people more angry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but I thought you guys were all like just stone cold killers when it came to the cold. Just because I am doesn't mean the rest of my state is. (laughs) So, so was it a company that just issued like, Hey guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, Con- consumers energy right the the, yeah. the main the main natural gas distributor said hey guys our our plant caught on fire could you turn your heat down and also general <laughs> motors chrysler and ford could you turn your big factories off because if you don't we are literally not going to be able to supply everybody with enough heat to heat their homes isn't this just like the the fucking perfect timing to have a natural gas crisis right when the fucking half the world freezes over? It it is like honest. So we've had we've had huge factories actually shut down to save on natural gas until this Arctic vortex leaves. That's fucking wild. It's it's crazy. I've never seen it anything like this in my twenty seven years of life. Oh my. Wait, so like, I know it used to be like a huge automotive place, like Detroit and shit. Is it still like a big factory area? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, all all the the big three still still operate out of out of the greater Detroit area. There's still uh, I don't I don't know what the statistic is, but I you can my, make my guess would be like one out of every five or six jobs. Um, in Michigan, still directly contributes to the automotive industry. Got him. All right. So while Michigan is freezing over here in Tennessee, where are you guys at? Like negative? Are you at negative yet? Or are you guys at like six degrees? Bordering on zero to five under with uh, with <laughs> <Jesus> with Christ <laughs> with winds gusting up to thirty or forty miles an hour. That's what fucking kills me when I'm outside is the wind. I can deal with temperatures, but like the, the wind just strips away the warmth. And you're out there with fucking shorts. Like oh, that's fine. Yeah, we're at 39 degrees here, and we're we're crying. So, <laughs> can you guys send send help? Uh, I'll, I'll, our I'll PO send. box. <laughs> yeah, send blankets, hot chocolate. Send send extra coffee and uh, and and sleeping bags in case we actually do lose natural gas. <laughs> hey, yeah, you guys, you know, you can just start car fires if you have that much fucking factory work. It's fine. No, I don't live in East Lansing. I'm not going to burn couches. I don't know. Like, if there's so much smog in the air from all those factories, shouldn't it be like a it should be like a greenhouse effect? You guys should sort of be like <laughs> t- a posty sixty five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, all boy. right. Anyway, 
going uh speaking of natural disasters or unnatural disasters really uh today's podcast is about the day the music died um it's a it's a fairly well-known uh disaster that happened in the it was sort of one of the like first original rock and roll sort of tragedies we're coming up on the 60 year anniversary here on february 3rd which which is why we thought it'd be a good idea to talk about it. My generation, uh, sort of like the college kids, I don't think there anyone really knows what it is. I think the closest they come to understanding it is this in the, the song American Pie, and I'm not sure if they even understand what it's about. Uh, just to give some uh, context, uh, in February 3rd, 1959, uh, three musicians, Buddy Holiday, Richie Valens, and the big bopper, J.P. Richardson, uh, they're flying to their next destination on their Midwest tour when the charter plane they were in crashed, killing all three of them. And the pilot. It's been dubbed the day the music died. Uh, do you know if uh, American Pie, uh, was that the first reference of the day the music died? The singer-songwriter uh, Don McLean referred to it as as the day the music died in American Pie and it it became popularly known as that after that happened. Okay. Fun fun little fact here, American Pie came out in 71 which was 12 years after this event <laughs> happened is when American Pie came out. Yeah. Which is a little weird for a memorial song to be like, "Hey, you know, 12 years after this big event happened. You don't have many 12-year uh, ceremonies for buildings, companies, or weddings. Yeah, but it was... Mm, maybe it was just on his mind. Don McLean was mm-hmm. only 14 when the plane crashed. So I, I think he spent his formative years, you know, thinking about these these musicians that he loved and respected and captured the hearts and minds of america and her people and he Mm. he grew up thinking about it and then wrote american pie about that and that's why it took 12 years to come out that actually makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense and that's sort of uh that's sort of i feel like the general feeling of the uh the american public when it came to the day the music died uh we're not experts on american pie we're only experts on the day the music died join us next week (laughs) on us giving you an hour-long breakdown on the 12-minute song american pie eh? i feel like we could do it we know enough bullshit we could we could link it to al-qaeda it would be fine anyway (laughs) anyways (laughs) al-qaeda huh yeah speaking of al-qaeda speaking of al-qaeda midwestern the midwestern america tour uh featured segue All right, we call that a joke in the business, Justin. All right, I'm trying. I'm trying to move us along here. <laughs> so there's a lot of actual history and sort of intrigue around the crash, the artists involved and such. But yeah, so they were trying to escape. They were on tour for a while, and the van they were traveling in, uh, they were. It was so cramped and cold during uh, in the midwestern winter and it was just such a bad conditions that they were getting the flu they were getting cases of frostbite during this uh just little trip it's not there were a couple more musicians uh on this trip but they only had room for three when i was researching this there were a lot of documentaries talking just about how like this how solemn uh 
sort of clubs would become uh, when they were referencing it or just sort of the reverence that these guys were uh, garnering at the time. And what is it, like the 50s? Yeah, during the 50s, they, these were these were some of the biggest musicians around. And to just have the three of them all just vanish one day sort of kind of shocked the public. And I, I think that's really difficult for us as a society today to think about because, A, there, there are so many big icons and, and it's mm. so easy for people to come and go that it it's like to to me losing these three would be the equivalence of losing something like prince uh michael jackson and drake i guess all in the same day it's really difficult for me to grasp the scope of yeah. how popular they were back in the 50s cuz there 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 wasn't this mass media there 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 wasn't all this different music that it, was so accessible to everybody everybody was listening to the same thing because there were only like three or four radio stations that's that's a really good point oh my gosh yeah we're sort of spoiled for choice here and it's hard to find an equivalent too cuz i feel like during this time Hollywood and sort of that uh, the music scene definitely becoming popularized, but you were you you were under the impression that these guys were making them. You could you could tell these guys were making the music. They were writing the songs. They were, they were the they were the performance. They were the music. And today you sort of you sort of see them as like they're icons and they're sort of idols. But there's some layer of fakeness to that. So instead of losing, you'd sort of be losing a brand today. You'd be you're losing people uh in the 60s and these were heroes to people as well yeah when i was when i was doing research there's a bunch of posthumously recorded or uh, uh, uh music that that was released after their death because the demand for more music from 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 these three uh mm. was so intense that the studios were like well i mean people want it we have it it's not completely finished, but pe people don't care. They they still want to hear this. They they still want to listen to these guys' new songs even after their deaths. So I mean, we're 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 going to release it to the public. Yeah, you see that a little bit today, but it's I this it's just on a different scale. We're kind of inundated with sort of deaths every day. I you see, I get notifications on my phone, and it's it's usually just like every other week at least I get it. It's like this famous musician, this famous actor has passed away, and then they'll get their own Spotify playlist. Or they'll get like a, a mention on YouTube, but this and, was and, huge and these news. these were three guys who were just cut down in their prime. Yes. You know, oh, that's a good point. That's a very good point. You know, uh, the the big bopper was twenty eight. Richie Valens was seventeen, and and <sighs> Buddy Holly was twenty two. Like the, these guys had long, long, prosperous careers in front of them, and it's they like were one just... direction got on a bus crash, and all of them died. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I guess their I guess their band's broken up, so that's less relevant. That's a dated joke. All right, this is for our older audience. Remember when One Direction was together? Ah, I mean, I remember when InSync was together. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking old man. Aged myself there. Yikes, Reno. Ugh. Yeah, if InSync, those guys, they'd cut down in their prime. That, <laughs> that is the equivalent to the. That's the day the music died. Yeah, can can you guys imagine a world with no Justin Timberlake? I can't. They were such an integral part of my life. So, <laughs> so I've composed a memorial song. 
Uh, yeah, we we'd see all these um all these in sync uh, <laughs> <laughs> tribute bands popping up from time to time. Oh man, holy shit! But you know, they they were my fire. <laughs> I had one desire. I, you know, I don't, I don't think any of these three that they were talking about here. Back, back to, back to the data music. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know if any of these three could really like challenge Elvis in terms of of king of the 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 king of rock and roll Mm-mm. simply because of how Elvis behaved and acted uh, at the time. But I definitely think we lost a lot when mm-hmm. these guys passed. Just because of how uh, how 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 innovative they were, yeah. So let's move on to sort of like more talking about the artists themselves here. These guys, uh, their styles. I was not okay. Justin and I were not huge fifties music whoa, whoa. fans. Don't, don't, just some don't preface. Me in here just you yet. don't like uh, okay. Really, you like you like fifties music. This is news to me, viewers. I like some 50s. Anyway, I have not had this much experience with 50s uh, music. I think my earliest sort of fandoms go back to the Stones and sort of British Invasion. But 50s was sort of too old. It was past that, uh, I don't know, that generation gap for me. Going back to them, Buddy Holly was sort of that classic... uh, he was well respected by his peers. He had this sort of uh, barbershop rock and roll style to him. Whereas Richie, uh, actually, no, let's just talk about let's talk about him individually here. Yeah, Buddy Holly's a big name. I, I like I like starting with Buddy Holly. Yeah, I, Buddy. Uh, out of the three, Same. I liked Buddy Holly the least. And I mm, I, I think maybe. you're right there with me. Yeah, that's a contingency. Overall, yes, we'll go. We'll go with that. And my biggest issue with Buddy Holly is 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 twofold. I, what he did back in the fifties with with his vocal range and with his um, guitar work, it, it's very difficult for me to appreciate living in twenty nineteen because of this how is, this... much more music has Sorry, advanced. I, I was I was listening. I was I was I was listening to one of his one of his more popularized songs, Peggy uh, Sue, and it and it struck me that I just I didn't like the lyrics, I didn't like the guitar work, it's, and this I is, really don't. I feel like you read my notes here because and I put here uh, the direct header was the pre Hendrix age problem, where it's sort of they missed this revolutionary or they were before the revolutionary sort of amazing guitarists came into the world and totally changed what the instrument was known for and what good guitar work is sort of defined as. And yeah, it's just, it comes across a little bit boring, honestly. We're just inundated again with so much good music and amazing rock and roll, at least. And his voice is, I put down, his vibrato is very annoying and it's flat and weird in 2019. It's hard. That's the hardest part for me is differentiating between what I feel and associating it with the time that it was actually being popular. And we, I, mm. I personally haven't listened to enough 50s music to be able to sit here and say, you know, hey, uh, I, I've listened to all of this music, all, all, of, all of these classic songs. And excuse me, 
Buddy Holly sticks out to me as, you know, s- someone who's above his time. I-, I-, I haven't listened to enough of that. I-, I, think- I think part of our issue is the recording equipment that they used. Yes. Because a- every- everything was recorded onto these, onto these 45s. I love, I love the sound of a good vinyl. But, yes. But I love the sound of a good you white vinyl. girl pressed on with with audio pressed from modern day recording equipment yeah and it again it's just the difficulty of uh appreciating it for its time but also what it how it's aged i feel like both are kind of valid and i think we need to talk about both oh uh uh the, the last point i had about buddy holly was um or the, the last song the last song that stuck out to me about buddy holly was that'll be the day I, and and it just kind of epitomized to me what this whole '50s kind of it's post jazz, like like the big jazz craze yeah. that 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 hit the U.S. from like the '20s until the mid '40s. Yeah, and and, and, then, and then rock and roll kind of took over from there. But this the, this early stuff, there's not a lot of difference to me in terms of like song structure and chord structure from from jazz to blues to this early rock and roll and 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 then we see like the split off when kind of the 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 british invasion happened and people start experimenting with with how different chord structures sound and 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 different and sounds really like, coming from like guitars and stuff yeah that's when like i think rock really took off and rock classic rock and rock and roll that's why it's hard for me to assign him into the rock genre or sort of associate it with that because it's it's just it doesn't sound like it at all. Yeah, Buddy Buddy Holly's kind of in that category to me with um I put him in the barbershop quartet genre because there's really um sort of backing vocals with slow tempo and basic guitar work in half of his songs. Buddy Holly's in that category for me of of like a Johnny Cash where they're both mm. technically classified Careful. as as rock and rock and roll but mm-hmm. uh, they're they're both pushing in different directions like i i would say that that me personally buddy holly is more of almost a folk bluesy kind of singer and and Johnny Cash kind of pushes more into the country aspect yeah. of it they're they're both technically rock and roll because of the eras that that they sang and 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 did music in, but they're 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 definitely pushing the boundaries and the limits of what rock and roll is to me. I feel like uh, I live in the country music capital of the world. Don't mean to brag, but it's it's hard to find someone that'll classify him as rock. Most people do just think of uh, Johnny Cash as a country artist. Here, I don't know he, but he was definitely rock and roll in his time. Right. So. I think we just have to say it's not not mutually exclusive or what they were in their time compared to what they are now. Yeah, and that's that's really cool to me think, thinking about music that is cool. in terms of 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 time periods and how things age and looking back on things and being able to say, well, you know, at, at the time it's this, but we've evolved so much. I I I just think it's really cool being able to look back on stuff like this. It it goes back to us performing in general it's a lot of it is on the artist but then knowing your audience and then how that audience is going to change 
real like audience is such a big part of performing so when the audience ages and changes it's really interesting yeah i agree it's very interesting to see how that affects the perception and just sort of what the music represents that is what's really i think that's what one of the most fascinating parts about looking back what 50 years yeah it's about 50 60 years now 60 years it'll be it'll be 60 years on the third see we're we're better at timing than fucking american pie <laughs> 12 years jesus all right all right speaking of 12 no so teenagers let, let's let's uh let's move on to the big bopper all right that's fair oh this is <laughs> he was the contender for my least i felt like his voice was bad like it wasn't even a, a good voice for the time but i felt like he was a fun performer see i loved the big bopper's voice that's so weird but i it, i i loved it in this he is he's playing a a character kind of way i didn't manage to find any recorded interviews with him uh maybe i just didn't search hard enough but i i couldn't find anything on him either okay good i i it struck me that he was deliberately changing his voice cuz cuz so so a little about the big bopper is he he was a he was a dj before he was a performing artist and i really yeah he actually set he set the record for continuous on-air broadcasting he performed he performed for five days two hours and eight minutes and he played a thousand one thousand eight hundred twenty one records uh, taking breaks and like mini showers in five minute newscasts. God dang. So he, he was already, he, he knew how to use his voice to be entertaining for people who listen to him over the radio. And I, I think that brought a lot of personality into his music. So, so songs like Chantilly Lace, I really enjoy because it's in, He's playing a character singing a song. Yeah. I just didn't enjoy his stories. I think that's where my big disconnect is for you, where you enjoyed his... I, I, I recognize that he's a great performer, like uh, in The Wedding, how he had to play a character the entire time. And he sort of tells a story in every single one of his songs, like The Wedding, like White Lightning, talking about his uncle. But I just... Mm, I, I personally couldn't get behind that sort of weird inflection he was doing. I, I think what all, I, I think what you also struggle with for Big Bopper is I don't, he, I don't think he put out a lot of full length albums. Uh, he put out a lot. He has of, one. He, uh, he, he put out a lot of uh, double-sided 45s. I, I, I believe they're uh, EPs. So, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so most of his works, you know, when, when you listen to it on like Spotify and stuff, they're all under three minutes mm -hmm. because the EPs didn't have enough space for, for anything more than two, two and a half minutes aside. So, so everything is really short and just released on, on, on double sides. I, I, that was a big thing for me listening to him is I wanted more song and I only got like these little two and a half minute clips. That's where that, okay. I had that note on here, sort of about like how all these songs were shorter. And there were no, I noted that. 
And I was, I thought it was just because they could focus more on the music, but no, apparently it's actual physical constraints. That's weird. Yeah, yeah, it was it was physical constraints. I I really really enjoyed researching um, LPs and and EPs and the difference between like the 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 vinyls that were coming out for 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 the jazz stuff, and then the 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 RCA made this. Um, they 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 developed this the the small seven inch disc. I, I just I I really really enjoyed learning about all that stuff and and how the the forty fives kind of permeated American life from when they were introduced in the late forties, really all the way until eight track tapes came out in 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 the mid eighties. I guess I've also been sort of vinyls have made their comeback a little bit today in modern media. I haven't owned a CD. For well over ten years. Oh yeah, every so, everything everything's digital now. Mm-hmm. So we sort of yeah, I just I guess I hadn't even thought about the physical constraints at the time. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and that and that goes back to what we were talking about, you know, being able to look back and 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 really admire. Was this like pa- pa- okay? Was this like party music, or was this like dancing, going to the club? What sort of I wonder, like, who who was listening? Was everyone just listening to these guys? I think I think pretty much America's youth was was oh, okay. Like the entirety of America's youth. Now I don't know if that's exclusively teenagers. I don't know if that's people into their late twenties. I don't I don't even know if there's if if there's that kind of data to be found out there. When I I, I did quite a bit of research on this, and I certainly never found it. Uh, just going based on I don't know. Just I've. 50s movies and you it's the radio in the car it's the club going dancing it's sort of that sort of the the era of the aura around america at this time it's post-depression it's baby boomers yeah so that's that's makes sense to me at least yeah and in when i was younger i had a family friend who put on live shows with performers of classic entertainers like um like like richie valens and i got to talk with my 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 grandparents were still alive at the time and they talked with me a little bit about you know what richie valens meant to them they listened to the radio and all their friends listened to the radio and all of their friends it was like this universal culture of listening to the radio for music and it was everybody was unified because they all listened to the same thing more or less everybody enjoyed the same thing and it 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 felt like this big just like giant group of unification based around music and i think that's just beautiful it's I, it's the cost i guess that we've taken of you get more choice but it's not as communal listen there's not as much like just camaraderie when it comes to listening to music sure you'll find people that do enjoy the same stuff but there's never going to be that same sense of oh everyone's listening to this, right. uh, everyone knows this song. Right. You 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 go to you go to a high school dance and you know you go to like a high school dance and over in one corner you've got the scene kids or that that's what they were called when I was in high school. Uh, they they're over in one corner and they're pop music not cool you got all the popular kids who listen to popular stuff that are out on the dance it's just fucking club rap let me tell you 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 got you got the 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 country people 
the, the, the girls in their cowboy boots standing over on the other side, complaining that they're not listening to, to, to songs about tractors and losing. I swear to God, <laughs> if someone put on country music at a school dance, there would have been a riot. <laughs> there would have been public outcry. But I thought Let you me lived tell you. in the country, uh, in, in, in the country music capital of the world. This speaks. This speaks sort of to the uh, to the world and as a whole. This is a PSA. Whenever you're trying to convince people uh, to change opinions, or whenever you're inundated by something like left or right wing, gun control is country music garbage. Uh, the more you push in one direction, the more the other side's going to push the other way. So, as many diehard country music fans as we had, we had just as many. Just tractor burners. We hated country. I was among them, of course. So there was there was some intense feelings about country music. So I don't I don't there would have been a riot. Well, there there goes all of our country <laughs> music listeners. <laughs> That's fine. We didn't watch you anyway. <laughs> but yeah, back back to my point. Uh, you 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 go to a high school dance and. Uh, more or less the popular people like the popular music and the non-popular people want the popular music to go away. And, and and it's very difficult to appease everybody. So just like no one's happy. And that, that just didn't happen in, in the fifties from what I understand. It is. That's kind of, yeah, it's kind of somber. That's just a weird, it's, it was a, it was a different time to be alive, especially for music. Anyway, Anyways, speaking of being somber, do you, well, first first off, do you have, do you have anything more on Big Bopper? Uh, he's all right. I I enjoyed him more than Buddy Holiday, but I wouldn't want to listen to him again. I What about you? I really enjoyed the Big Bopper. I I can't say that I'd listen to him just on my own free time, but I I definitely appreciated his music a lot more than uh than Buddy Holly. All right. Speaking of somber, Richie Valens dead at seventeen is uh, is is definitely something to bring down the mood. That's definitely a low point, I think. Especially, I think, because Richie was probably my favorite artist out of all three of them. By a by a wide margin for me. By a wide wide margin. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My big thing with Richie is he took. It, it wasn't just the jazz background that the Big Bopper and um holly had uh, richie valens took his 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 mexican background and and mm-hmm. put it into his music and la bamba is actually my favorite song that i've listened to in the past week because i've only listened to these three <laughs> and la bamba it's so much fun to listen to and it like it, it oh, it's so good it, it, it kind of symbolizes to me what what 50s music was, you know, or, mm-hmm. or late 50s music was. It's it's definitely it was it was definitely the high point uh, or it's the it's what I would think of sort of or what uh, it's a great stereotype, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> that was one of my notes was just La Bamba. Like I, I had no I've everyone has heard the song. If you haven't listened to these artists, you've you've heard the song La Bamba. It's in countless movies, uh, countless shows. Yeah, and 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 it's an iconic song, definitely by by an iconic guy. Mm-hmm. But but more of his stuff, you know, I I hear 
the song we belong together and just just in the back of my head i i i hear the high-pitched screaming girls that that you hear when you see like the beatles getting off a plane in some real uh video footage i i just hear that in the back of my head because that's he he's a he's a good looking guy he's he's got the best voice out of the three for sure Oh, easily, easily the best voice, easily the best voice. And, and, and hearing him sing this, this, we belong together song to a group of teenage girls. I just, the fangirling. (laughs) It's the precursor. He's, he could, I think he really could have been on that level of Elvis given the chance. Like sure. It takes some luck, but he had, I thought what it took. His voice was amazing. Along with that, I thought his guitar work in his songs was better than everyone else's as well. Uh, see, I don't know if the Big Bopper played his own guitar, but I know that Richie Valens, his his big thing was that he played guitar in addition to singing. And I'm fairly certain... At 17. Oh, uh, big, the, the, the Big Bopper played his own guitar. Don't, don't mind. Yeah, me. I'm telling you, it's back, back in the day. Ever, they had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was part of the look, like the Elvis look. Yeah, but no, I I definitely agree that 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 Richie Valens' guitar work was was much much better. I, do you think that it's because of that Hispanic heritage? Because you do hear it in almost every one of his songs. It is like it's a little bit of flavor. It's just something different, something a little bit more in line, honestly, with rock and roll—the faster tempo that sort of you associate with rock. I think it might be a little of that and a little of Richie Valens, I think was just a more talented musician than the other two that, that we've talked about. I don't, I don't really believe in just straight up talent in most people. I I think, I think that what a lot of people say is talent, they hidden, they they just mistake for luck with a combination of a lot of hard work. Definitely. But I, I truly believe that Richie Valance was was one of the most talented musicians of his age. Yeah, I was going into this. Uh, we both really did not enjoy Buddy Holly's music. When we picked this topic, I was not excited after listening to Buddy Holly. And when I started up, just started up the top song on Richie Richie Valance playlist, I was like, oh, oh, this isn't this isn't going to be that bad. <laughs> It was just, it was really refreshing. I, I come from a very different sort of perspective, but his music was just I, just ahead of his time, especially for the things that we've listened to. One of, one of my favorite, one of my favorite Richie pieces of trivia is that he very rarely sang a song the same way uh, uh, twice. Really? Yeah. So he, Holy crap. He, what? He, he doesn't really like write down his chord structures or his lyrics. So he he would He, he just he, felt the music? Yeah, he he felt the music and 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 he'd memorize the lyrics that he wanted to sing. But instead of singing like Susie 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 when he'd be singing a song about a girl, he'd go mm-hmm. like Susie Peggy Mary Lou. And it was very difficult for the music studios to to get an accurate recording of him to to piece together all the best pieces because he 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 never really wanted to play a song the same way twice. That's God. It's it's fascinating. The more you the, just like listening to it, you you appreciate it, but the more you find out about him, 
the depth of that appreciation goes. And it's hard to pin down exactly why I liked him just so much more than the others. Like his songs are just more interesting to listen to, if that makes sense. Oh no, I, I definitely agree. I, he, he, to me, his songs were Mm -hmm. much more upbeat. They had more energy and life to them. Mm -hmm. And I, I really, I really think that his voice permeating through the, the recording technology of the 1950s says a lot about just how talented he was and about how much we lost when he actually did pass. Maybe that is sort of like that voice type was just sounds better on audio because it's, it's much higher than the others. Uh, it's much clearer. I feel like when uh, listened to at least today, he uses brass. He uses brass in the background of his work. I think if that's not pressed on, the things that I also do on Spotify, at least, they had some fun brass, and it really went along with his guitar work and really set up a nice support for it. That's at least that's what I thought. In some of the songs that it really stands out in, at least, were framed. Uh, obviously, La Bamba, "Come On, Little Darling." That's probably one of my. I think that's my favorite. Yeah, I actually, you uh, every song you just mentioned is in is is in my notes of of really enjoying it too. Mm-hmm. oh my head that one's just fun that's just a fun song uh, that's uh if you want to listen to something that's i think progress like uh, progressive in terms of technique it's fast it sort of fits more with uh surf rock if that makes sense yeah yeah i i understand what you're saying yeah it has this it has this new age uh sort of progression to it that is it's just fast and fun to listen to that i just did not get at all with the other art i think it's just safe to say that we lost a lot in this incident, but like, we definitely appreciate Richie. T- I think his his work has aged the best out of the three. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure. Uh, you know, finishing all that off, this was sort of like a kind of a nice way to tie off what the uh, the fifties and rock and roll music really sort of represented. I don't know. It's fun to look at, especially how that ages here, but also how it affected the next ten years. Sort of just style and way music was made and how much it changed and sort of i don't know just influenced the time like these guys and elvis uh were big names then but they were probably big names to the people making music in the 60s so justin do you have any uh, final thoughts on these guys these uh, lost heroes to time i've really enjoyed this dive that we've did even even if i didn't fully enjoy buddy holly I, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun for me to sit here and try to appreciate what these three did to change music as we know it and, and to forward the progress that, that, that we have today. Oh yeah. Um, all right. Give me three songs that you'd recommend to listen to from, uh, one from each artist. Uh okay. So for Buddy Holly, I every day they're not it's fine. They're they're all pretty similar. Uh, You're gonna get one of two things, a barbershop quartet or a love ballad. I would just just go with every day. It's alright. It's an okay song. And one from the big bopper. We'll see 
for the big bopper. Uh, most people would say Chantilly Lace, but I am definitely going to recommend Preacher and the Bear because that was one of the most fun songs that he had. It, it had the most energy and just, just had this silly little story that I really, really enjoyed. And for Richie Valens, I'm definitely going to say Frames because I'm so glad you like Frames. Thank you. I was worried. <laughs> like, I would reference that song like, what? No, that song is awesome. Every Everybody has either heard La Bamba or they have heard a rendition of La Bamba. So if, if, if you're going to listen to these guys, don't listen to their most famous work. De- definitely, definitely take training from, from Richie Valens. It's really good. All right. That is, I think that's all we have for you guys today. Yeah, thank thank you for listening. Um, huh. Yeah, this is this is a big fun experiment for the two of us. This will probably be up on SoundCloud and iTunes when we uh, when when we figure out a banner. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you guys for listening. See you two weeks probably. That sound good. Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks. All right. See you guys. Okay. Bye.
Thank you.